It's uh, interesting, isn't it, that uh, so often when we think about uh, gathering at table with Jesus, uh, well, off it's a fancy church building or an altar, <laughs> but do we often think about his desire to just gather with us at table, whatever kind of table um, it might be? Uh, tonight, as we're together, I'd like to uh, spend some time with you. Uh, looking at uh, Luke uh, 22, and uh, it's in your handout there, and I just gave, gave you the scripture tonight. And it's uh, Luke 22, the seven, starting the seventh verse, and all the way through uh, verse 38, is the experience of Jesus being at table uh, with his disciples. Now, um, that experience is recorded in uh, all four of the Gospels. Uh, each of them has their own kind of unique reflection uh, on it, but uh, all four of them uh, record the experience of Jesus uh, gathering at table uh, with his disciples. Um, as you look at the Gospel of Luke, uh, right away you, you kind of, well, you, you get kind of a flashback, at least I did, when, uh, you know, Sunday we just finished talking and looking at Jesus making that triumphal entry into uh, into Jerusalem and you know, our theme was to just acknowledge that, uh, hey, we have a king, right? And he, remember how he started out the, the Palm Sunday experience where he kept just 
kind of telling them, listen, go, go to there and you're going to find a colt and untie it and anybody bugs you about it, you just tell them, hey, the Lord has need of it, the king needs it, right? In the Gospel of Luke, the experience of Jesus getting ready for the Passover, the experience of gathering a table with his disciples, starts with the same kind of attitude. Uh, that Jesus is clearly, once again, displaying those kind of um, kingly qualities. Okay? If, you, uh, if you look at the text, it says, Then the day of unleavened bread came. Uh, that was the time Passover, the, the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And Jesus sent Peter and John on ahead. Go, he told them, prepare for us to eat the Passover meal. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. Jesus replied, When you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house and enter it. Stop there for a minute. Uh, does this kind of sound like, like James Bond 007 stuff? Right? I mean, you know, well, if you go into the city, then this guy is going to show up carrying a, a jar of water. And... Uh, that in and of itself would be an interesting thing because in Jesus' day, that just wasn't what men did. Uh, that's, that was a woman's job to go get the water and carry the jar of water. So, I mean, just to, to go into the city and find a guy carrying a jar of water in and of itself would be pretty uh, miraculous. But that's the instructions they get. Just say, hey, go in there. You're going you're to find this guy carrying a jar of water. And when you find him, just follow him. All right, just follow him. And he says, then say to the owner of the house, so we don't even know if that's the guy carrying the jar of water. Probably not, because it was servant's work to carry water. He says, then say to the owner of the house, the teacher asked, where is the guest room? Where can I eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will show you a large upstairs room with furniture in it. Prepare for us to eat there. Peter and John left. They, they found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover meal. So we get Jesus in the Gospel of Luke once again kind of giving these kind of uh, kingly qualities uh, off. Um, what I found also interesting about the text is um, if you notice when they, when they go, they follow this guy and uh, he's got this upper room and... Um, we don't know who he is or, or what kind of room it is. or We just know it's a room and it's got furniture in it. And so often uh, we think about what it means to gather at table with Jesus. And we picture, you know, beautiful altars, which are wonderful. But did you ever picture a card table? I mean, it was just an upper room with furniture in it. He's, he's, he's hanging out in a rental. I don't know about you, but most of the rentals that I've been in, well, the furniture that's in the rental is the leftover furniture from the guy that owns the place who's got the nice stuff downstairs. Right? The stuff upstairs, well, that's the leftover furniture. You know, when you want to upgrade, you move the old stuff upstairs into the rental and you keep the nice stuff for yourself, Right? And yet we have this interesting experience where Jesus goes, and that is exactly the environment where he sits down with his disciples to share the first Passover experience. I think that's good news. Don't you? I think that's good news. 
that, that uh, no matter how you walked in the door tonight, whether you're, whether you're you know, dressed in suit and tie or whether you're in blue jeans, uh, no matter what, you know, <laughs> whether your hair is, uh, you know, needs a haircut or whether it's cut nice and neat, I mean, whatever it is, the parameters around which you might size somebody up, Apparently, it doesn't really matter a whole lot when it comes to coming to the table. That Jesus was willing to go to a rental and sit at the old furniture. The key, it seems, was not whether it was a nice table or a card table, whether it was nice china or whether it was paper plates, whether it was you know, crystal glasses or my red Solo cup. The key was not what the table was like or the utensils were like. The key was who was gathering at the table. The king. Amen? That's the key. The key is the king was gathering at the table. And whatever the place, whatever the environment, whoever it was around the table, the king was gathering at the table. That is great news for us. It's not about who we are before we walk through the door. It's always about everything Jesus is and what he accomplished for us. We get together at the king's table. We get together at the king's table. I mean, it's a few times Jill and I have had the, the benefit of being able to, to uh, go on a cruise, you know, somewhere. And uh, it's always interesting if you've been on one of those cruise deals, right? I mean, one of the really important deals is dinner at night. Right? Everybody gets all gussied up, and, and it's a big deal to dinner at night. And while it's really important, if you get invited to sit at the captain's table, right? I mean, the captain's table is always the biggest and nicest table in the entire dining room. And if you get invited to sit at the captain's table, that's big time. And here we have disciples who've been with Jesus now, and they've seen all the things that he's been, been about and heard all of his teaching and seen all these miracles and accomplishments. And now tonight, they get to come and gather at the king's table. They gather at the king's table. What happens? Well, right away, they gather at the king's table, and Jesus seems to lose track of time in some ways. That is, he begins to not only think about what, how, how important tonight is, but in the text he talks about how, long, how much he's looked forward to this experience of tonight, but he also talks about something else that he anticipates in the future. He says, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles took their places at the table. He said to them, I, I've really looked forward to eating this Passover meal with you. I wanted to do this before I suffer. I tell you, I'll not eat the Passover meal again until it's celebrated in God's kingdom. And Jesus took the cup. He gave thanks. He said, take this cup and share it amongst yourself. I tell you, I will not drink wine with you again until God's kingdom comes. Isn't that interesting? Here he is celebrating before he goes to the experience of the cross. And yet, while he's in the midst of the celebration, saying, look, man, I really look forward to this night. I really look forward to being at table with you tonight. But 
it seems there's something else he also looks forward to. And that is the day when he gathers a table with all of his people in a feast that has no end. I wonder how many times when we come to the table, and we do it every week here at Christ Church, right? Every time we come to the table, do we lock ourselves into just the experience of that particular moment? I've looked forward to coming to the table this week. I wonder in the text if there isn't an invitation for each one of us to equally, every time we come to the table, be able to look beyond the experiences that we're in in this moment and see a promise that no matter what's going on in our life this moment, there's going to be another day when we have another feast. I mean, Jesus knows what's going to happen next. He said, look, I look forward to eating this with you before I suffer. He knows exactly what is in front of him, right? He knows what's coming down the road. He knows exactly what's in front of him. And yet he's able to look past what's in front of him to say, but I know there's something better. There's something better waiting for us. What an extraordinary challenge. To be able to understand, first we gather at the king's table, and it's not about who we are or what we are. We just get the privilege together at the king's table. And second, no matter what circumstances are going on in our life, we can bring those to the king's table, but even more, we can look past those circumstances. We can look past those circumstances and understand there's going to be another day. There's going to be another day. Another day when all those circumstances don't matter anymore because it's going to be a kingdom day. And we'll gather at the king's table, just like being at the, the captain's table of the cruise, you know? It's kind of the big table, the expensive table, the luxurious table, the table everybody looks forward to. When Jesus is with his disciples, he plants the seed that says that day is going to come for each one of them. He also makes us aware that uh, everybody is welcome at the table. Um, as you look at the text, they're gathering at the king's table, but uh, the people that gather at that table, um, well, they, they, got their, they got their issues. They got their problems. It says, then Jesus took bread. He gave thanks. He broke it. He handed it to them and said, this is my body. It's given for you. Every time you eat it, do it in memory of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup. He said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. It's poured out for you. So he openly talks about what's going to happen, and he understands he is going to be broken, and he understands his life is going to be poured out, and it's all going to happen for whom? The last word is for you, right? So what he's about to do is for all those guys that are sitting around that table. He, he's ready to understand. He's ready to be poured out. He's ready to be broken. He's ready to go through what he has to go through. And he's going to do all that for you. Now look and think about who's at the table. But someone here is going to hand me over to my enemies. His hand is with mine on the table. The Son of Man will go to his death just as God has already decided. But how terrible it will be for the one who hands him over. Who's at the table? Not a lot of perfect people. I mean, Judas is at the table. 
the guy that's going to settle for 30 pieces of silver is sitting at the table. And Jesus has already taken the bread and broken it. He's already taken the wine. He's already said, this is my body and this is my blood. And it's here for you. Everybody at the table. Isn't that amazing? He is ready to pour out his life. He is ready to be broken for people just like those disciples sitting at the table. And if we're honest with ourselves, guess who else is at the table? I am. I mean, one of them will betray him. I've done that. One of them will deny him. I've done that. The rest of them, they'll just forsake him. They'll just run away. They'll just totally abandon him. I've done that. I mean, this is the amazing thing of this meal. There's no qualifications that you have to have to, to come to the table. It doesn't have to be a fancy table. It could be just a card table. And it's the king's table that is here to deal with whatever is going on in your life and offer you a vision of what the future could be and will be. And it's for everybody who just wants to come to the table. Judas, Peter, and everybody else. This is the great news of the king's table. It can be a card table, but it can be a table for anybody who wants to receive Jesus and what he did for him. I mean, that seems to be the qualification. Even in our theology, we say, well, what do you need to be rightly prepared to receive the sacrament? That's a question we ask. Well, well, what do you really need to be rightly prepared? The answer? Just a willing and believing heart. That's it. Just a willing and believing heart. It doesn't say anything about any other criteria. It doesn't say anything about all these kind of stipulations you have to meet and the way your life has to have been or how good it's got to be on some kind of scale of 1 to 10 or... It just says, believing hearts, that you believe the words that Jesus spoke, that this is given for you and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. That's it. Whether it's a fancy table or whether it's a card table. Now that sounds pretty good so far, right? That sounds pretty great so far. The challenge of it is, He also tells us if you receive him in that way, if you come to the table and you say, listen, I know I don't measure up. I'm just going to come to the table. I'm just going to come with a believing heart. You'll walk away different. I mean, you can't come to the table and and receive everything that he's done and not walk away different. He says, here's what happens to the apostles. The apostles began to ask each other about this, who was going to betray them. They they wondered which one of them would do it. They also started to argue. They disagreed about which of them was uh, thought to be the most important person. Isn't that fascinating? They're at the table and he just says, listen, one of you is going to betray me. And they start an argument about, well, it's not going to be me because I'm I'm too great. It can't be me because I'm too important. I mean, it can't be me. Jesus said to them, look. 
The kings of the nations hold power over their people, and those who order them around call themselves protectors. But you must not be like that. Instead, the most important among you should be like the youngest. The one who rules should be like the one who serves. You can't come to the table, whether it's a king's table that is a fancy table or a king's table that is a card table, you can't come to the table and not walk away different. Because it's just what God does. And, and if you, you receive and you believe those words, that he poured out his life for you, that he was broken for you so that you could be forgiven and your life could be renewed and could be absolutely different. If you believe those words, then you've got to walk away ready to give your life totally to Him in whatever He asks you to do. That is the surrender that comes with coming to the table. It's coming to the table and saying, I want to receive, I want to believe everything. And when you walk away, because He's done exactly what He promised, you walk away ready to do whatever He asks. Ready to serve. Now, keep in mind, who's He talking to here? Not just us, but he's talking to a group of disciples who are around the table. Did, did you, I mean, you know the history of these disciples, right? Did, even though they ran away and even though Peter denied him, at least 11 out of the 12, were their lives not changed to the point that they were ready to sacrifice everything for him? I mean, that's what happens when you come to the king's table. If, if you believe, that he has the power to forgive your sins and change your life, then your life becomes changed. It's the way it works. So for us, it means that when we come to the table and we gather at the king's table, whether it's a fancy table or a card table, he is there ready to equip us for whatever we'll face the next day. Whatever we'll face tomorrow goes like this. Jesus said to them, but now if you have a purse, take it. And also take a bag. If you don't have a sword, sell your coat and buy one. It is written, he was counted among those who had committed crimes. I tell you that what is written about me must come true. Yes, it is already coming true. The disciples said, see, Lord, here are two swords. That's enough, he replied. I mean, isn't that fascinating? Do you ever think Jesus would tell you, go buy a sword? And yet that's exactly what's in, this, in the Gospel of Luke. But what, what is he telling you? If you walk away from the table and you receive everything that he's done for you, your life is going to be different. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It's going to be different. And there's going to be challenges. And that's why you keep coming back to the table. That's why you need a sword. That's why you need strength. That's why you need protection. That's why you need encouragement. That's why you need to come back to the table as many times as Jesus is sitting at table with you. That's why you need to come back again and again and again to the same table, whether it's a fancy table or a card table. Because when we follow Christ, there are going to be challenges. Where he sends us to serve, it's not always going to be easy. 
But the promise is, when we come to his table, we'll be fed with everything that we need. We'll be fed with everything we need to be able to be his people. What I liked about the video was the idea that uh, communion isn't something that just happens in special rooms like this, but we take it out there with us. I mean, what communion accomplishes should drive us out there into the world so that we take it out there with us. We're fed with it, encouraged by it, strengthened by it, so we can go out there in the world and carry that with us in whatever he asks us to do. We have the opportunity tonight to gather at the king's table. Gather at the king's table. Whether it's a fancy table or a card table, no matter who we are when we walked in the room and no matter what circumstances are going on in our life, no matter how many times we have failed him, we just believe the simple truth. He died for us. He gives himself to us for the forgiveness of our sins. But then we go serve him. Equipped, strengthened, fed, we go serve him. And we do whatever he asks. Let's pray about that. Father, we come to you tonight and uh, we just ask that uh, we can just understand the full scope of what it means for us to follow you. That we can uh, gather at the card table or at the fancy table and meet you there to find strength, forgiveness, and encouragement. Lord, you are a master, and you are a king, and you are a savior. And we think tonight about everything that you accomplished for us that we cannot do for ourselves. And when we think about all those disciples around the table that first night, we, we see ourselves in a mirror. Because we know we've pursued silver and gold instead of your kingdom. That we have also failed to stand strong, but have desired more to fit in. That we've run after our own wants and not pursued the things that you want to do and bring into our lives. Lord, as we come to you tonight and we come to your table, we ask that you would forgive us. Receive us as broken people, the broken people that we are. And come into our lives tonight as a king and as a savior. Lord, tonight in our minds and in our hearts, we just want to lay before you all of those faults, all of those failures, and all of our weaknesses.